This is how we overcome We're moving out Keep us up Reaching to the world Arms open Arms open Yeah This is how we practice Great Well, welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Erica. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steve. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry we, Christmas. Merry Christmas. We have made it through one of those years where Advent 4 and Christmas Eve share the same day. We are on the other side and we are ready for a brand new series. Uh, so this is going to be, a, I believe, two-part series, only two episodes over about Christmas. Um, because I have a tendency to watch Christmas movies, uh, especially the Hallmark variety, where <laughs> somebody from a small town uh, needs to like rescue some sort of family business and often from a love interest from the big city. And uh, in doing so, they fall in love and they discover the true meaning of Christmas. And I, I love this because they're cheesy, cheesy rom-coms. Uh, but it always makes me go, wait a second, that's not the real meaning of Christmas. But then I have to stop and think about it and go, or is it? Like, is there some sort of connection between the message that they're trying to say and Christmas? Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I wanted to explore with you all today, what is Christmas all about? And are these Christmas movies onto something or are they full of baloney? And maybe as a place to start, like I, I think it's helpful for us to say, here we are, all three of us pastors who are convinced and will have just recently preached about the story of the birth of Jesus. And none of uh, the three of us are under the illusion that that is not the center point of what Christmas is about. But there's this sort of open-ended, how do we engage with so much of what is out there as culture cultural christmas stuff and the temptations are to either embrace it all unquestioningly or to reject it all like it's all rotten because none because it's not the gospel according to luke chapter two and then the harder place i think is this sort of like sifting through of what's a value where are the places we go okay it's fine or it's mostly harmless or um you know it, it it's no worse than any other rom-com or songs or whatever like that but how do we deal with that and how are we supposed to feel about cultural Christmas, whether it's movie songs, TV shows, or Christmas specials and and things like that. And maybe a place to start is exactly where you pointed us, Sarah, that there is this phenomenon. Some of them are romantic comedies, some of them are family comedies, but there is this whole genre of movies that take place around Christmas time and that have to do with somebody learning the lesson. Christmas isn't really about you know, decorations or the hoopla or whatever, it's really about, and usually they fill that in with, it's romance or it's being together with your family or whatever. And they're supposed to have learned that as the lesson. How how do each of you like deal with that when you watch something like that? Do you feel like have this gut reaction of, it's not good because it's not Jesus? Do you feel like, oh, well, at least they're not saying I should hate my neighbor. But how, how do you react to those things? <laughs> I think it's usually fine for me unless or until they actually say it out loud of Christmas isn't about X, which is usually like gifts or yeah. decorating or whatever. It's really about why and the why being love or family or yeah. whatever. That always is the moment that I go, no, it's about Jesus. <laughs> and then like, again, sometimes then I have to argue with myself, especially when they say it's about love because isn't God love. Sure. Mm -hmm. So like we could kind of make that argument, 
Um, I think that it breaks down in the English language because we only have the one word for love, whereas in Greek, which is the New Testament was written in, there are many different types of love. So like, mm-hmm. oftentimes, I think when the movies say it's about love, they mean the romantic love or even the family love, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the sacrificial love that yeah. Jesus demonstrated for us. Um, but yeah, I usually have that gut reaction of no when they say those sentences because they do so often right right? right? so often they need to like really point out what the lesson of the movie is um but when they don't say that i have an easier time with it (laughs) even if the message is still there they've at least not said the quiet part out loud yeah you know that that's such a helpful way of saying it because like if i'm reading just like a novel or watching a movie that doesn't pretend it to be Christian in particular, it might have a lesson uh, that the characters learn that's valuable, but isn't explicitly Christian. I might go, boy, I'm glad there is this story that has this important theme or lesson or something like that. Um, and as long as we're not trying to baptize it and say that's what Christianity is all about, it's great to have a, you know, a book where somebody learns the importance of character or trying hard or coming through mm-hmm. struggles or whatever. Um, and that's fine. And, and if, if a Christmas or a movie that is set at Christmas time happens to have a character learn something about the importance of their family and as opposed to money or presents or decorations, that's a fine lesson. It's that that final checkmate move of, and that's what Christmas is really all about and only about was romance or being with your family or whatever. Now you're like, no, you overplayed your hand. If you would have just <laughs> left it at family is more important than prizes or family is more important than winning the decorating contest, you would have had me, I would have been fine. But when you said that's all that Christmas is about, now you're in my turf. Now you're in my territory. <laughs> It's it's funny as you mention it because like uh it is it's funny how even though there have been decades upon decades of Christmas specials, that same almost word for word formulaic sentence keeps showing up. Like, haven't we done this to death? Uh, mm-hmm. my kids were watching as we're recording just uh, earlier this week the new Eddie Murphy movie, uh, Candy Cane Lane. Uh, and there I guess the premise has to do with a decorating contest. And I happen to be walking in the room when the big climactic sentence gets uttered. Um. Christmas isn't about what's on the outside of your house. It's who's on the inside of your house to share it with. And like, then the, you know, oh, we learned the lesson, everything's fine. And I, again, I was like, well, I'm glad we didn't decide it was just about decorating, but it's not really even just about family. There's more, right? So I, I had that very same reaction. Are there other pieces of like pop culture Christmas stuff that either really push your buttons or that on the other hand, you're like, no, this is really good. This is this is uh, helpful or this is close enough for me to be okay with. I mean, honestly, I think that the general message of secular Christmas being a time for family and that being the emphasis, I I kind of really like Um, it's and and again, maybe this is me and I tend to split. Christian Christmas from secular Christmas, mm-hmm. um, maybe more than um, other people do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I like that general message and like that that's where the emphasis is. Uh, and maybe it's because of the age of my kids, but like I feel like December has a tendency to be really busy and full of like, oh, go here and see Santa. Or go to this Christmas party with the um with your with your um your company or organization, um 
you need to buy X, Y, and Z for everybody. Like there's an Amazon ad right now that's mm-hmm. has like a line of like, oh, I wasn't expecting like my vet to buy me a gift. I better reciprocate and like mm-hmm. buy something <laughs> off of Amazon. And like, it's very, it's a very annoying Amazon ad that I get yeah. all the time. Um, and so like for, for then for Christmas movies and specials and things like that to then keep re-emphasizing like no that's not what christmas is about Mm -hmm. christmas is about spending time with the people you love it's not about being so busy decorating cookies or trees or your house it's not um capitalism it's not Mm -hmm. this or that it's spending time with people you love like that general message i can get behind because i feel like christmas is all about being busy spending money when no no and we need to keep hearing that message i think because everything else in our world seems to be telling us the opposite sure 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 so yeah it feels like there's a qualified thumbs up we want to give to like sure anything that is anti-materialism and pro human beings are important spend time with them love is more important than stuff we should be able to go, yeah, that's great. It's maybe when that overplays its hand and goes, and that's all we have to say about Christmas, Dust Hands walks away. Yeah. How about for you, Erica? Are there pieces of Christmas wider <laughs> pop culture things that you either find yourself with, like a, with a gut reaction or uh, hate it, love it, not sure what to do with it? I am the opposite of Sarah. I hate the Hallmark movies. Um because they're just too cheesy for me. That's just. <laughs> so there, um, it sounds like your, your your criticism is not primarily theological, but uh, no, it's just the cheesiness of the you know the same plot line argument. over over gotcha. twenty different movies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but like the, the general message, though, like uh, in that sense, I agree with Sarah. Like you know, yeah, that's fine. Like Christmas is more than just gifts and things. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have just said it once in one movie and been done with it. <laughs> right. Thank right. you. Instead of doing like five new movies every right. year. Right. You know, all with the same people in them too. Um, you know, in a way it's funny, like how we're having this conversation about this genre um, and we could just as easily have a conversation about genres like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of superhero movies and like, okay, there's basically one plot. And maybe there are moments where there's something really important about the nature of sacrifice when the hero lays down mm-hmm. their life for uh, to protect the people or when one of those movies questions the myth of redemptive violence and actually solves the problem without having to blow somebody up but saves in some other way. Um, but yeah, by and large, it's like, why do we keep recycling the same plot other than it sells and it's even in a message or a movie that isn't really about capitalism, it's also about capitalism. We found a way to make more money. We made a movie. We're going to make money on, you know, whether it's a Christmas movie or a superhero movie, somebody's making money off of that. Well, and, and much as I, I dislike the Hallmark movie because it's the same premise over and over and over again, we have done that with so many Christmas stories. Like, right. one of my favorites is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. But how many versions of Dickens' right. A Christmas Carol are there out there? But I think I can tell you, hold on, because I just looked this up on Disney Plus alone. Right this second. (laughs) There are five. Yeah. Mickey, Muppets. um, And Uh, the the new one with Jim Carrey. 
And then there's a scary looking one by FX. And then there's a Hallmark looking one that says it's Christmas Carol. Oh, so, um, oh, but yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a, a Hallmark rom-com. Not, not to mention the ones that are just straight up adaptations that don't even have a gimmick, like the George G. Scott Christmas Carol or the you mm-hmm. know, early, early black and white ones or mm-hmm. and like that. That to me is another fantastic example of reminder that this isn't just in the era of Hallmark movies, but Christmas Carol as you know, as a novel itself is one of those. Well, it's about Christmas. It doesn't ever make the move to Jesus, but there are definitely some very clearly um christian sympathetic themes about care for one's you know fellow human beings mm-hmm. and things um and honestly uh dickens has more teeth on him as far as his criticism of uh you know exploitation and and consumerism and the you know lack of concern for the poor um than you know many christian preachers and pastors and voices are willing <laughs> right. to speak at this moment you know uh, there is that line um uh, it's, it's like we, will, we used to watch the George G. Scott version of this movie every year when I was a kid. And so that line early on where Marley says, mankind was my business, the common welfare was my business, <laughs> charity, mercy, <laughs> forbearance, benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Like that's like the, the prophet's social, you know, like that's Amos's critique of mm-hmm. what are we here for, not just to make money and exploit our neighbors. So in some ways, it is all about those biblical voices, which is not about the birth of Jesus. He's It's more commentary on Amos or Jeremiah. Oh, and then there's Scrooge's line when they come asking him, and I, this is in the Muppet movie, forgive me, I'm sure it's in the book too, but it's something like that when they come asking him for donations, he's like, are there no poor houses? No, right, no this, right. no that. Then then the poor should go there. Right. You know, because like, it's not my problem. Right. Right, right. You know, we have welfare for them. Let them go take care, you know. Right, right. And so there is so much about that story that you want to go, yeah, this is really helpful. And it wasn't just helpful in Victorian England in, in mm-hmm. uh, you know, Charles Dickens's time. Those critiques are still really helpful. And we there's still an awful lot of voices of why should I care about my neighbor? Uh, don't I already do enough in taxes for them or something like that? And so we we need voices like Dickens's. It's and again, blessedly, at no point does anybody in Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol say, and the true meaning of Christmas is to be visited by ghosts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's sort of it's it's again, it's this clear sort of like what really matters, and it turn you know it's human beings as opposed to piles of money that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need that story to then. Uh, give us a quotation from the gospel of Luke because it's not trying to pretend any to be anything other than here's a story to make you think about the value of human beings. Do any of you have the same reaction about Christmas music too? Like, and I'm talking about outside of the sacred canon of carols in our hymnals, mm-hmm. but like, that's a whole thing. How do you deal with that kind of uh, genre of, of Christmas pop culture? So Santa I baby. Know... Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> Two words, well, Santa baby. <laughs> There's a few that I absolutely hate, like Santa Baby and um the one, oh, the one for Christmas that... is you. Mm-hmm. All right, no, most excited. I don't think about that one. Outside? But the one, yeah, the baby, it's cold outside. Oh like, yeah, I know that the historical context. It's not trying to say it's date rape or anything, but it's so like from our own ears right this moment. It's such a creepy song. I skip <laughs> it every time it comes yeah. on the radio or Spotify. Yeah. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Mary, did you know? Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I don't like the lyrics. I just want to shout out them, Mary knew. 
but at the same time it's so pretty Mm -hmm. right (laughs) like it's so pretty your husband ruined that song for me several years ago because he like pointed that out to me I'm like oh I I know it's such a pretty song It's it's funny, like there's sometimes when I get, I want to get all bent out of shape and then to go, okay, but this is a rhetorical device in a song. I'm not even sure that the person writing the song actually doubted that Mary knew, but it's a rhetorical device. It's a poetic device to get at, oh yeah, what would it be like to be in this circumstance at the beginning of, of Jesus' life and to know, you know where the rest of the story was going to go? That's a interesting, and you wouldn't ask those kind of questions or reflect on them without some kind mm-hmm. of a song or prompt to inquires i mean like yeah if if we're going to get in a debate about yes clearly mary knew the angel announces very clearly she sings a whole song about what jesus is going to do we call it the magnificat um but yeah uh, just to take those songs for what they're worth and maybe not to make them like the hill to die on like you know if somebody wants to sing that in uh, where you need special music in the church service better to let somebody offer their gifts and sing that song fine um mm-hmm. there's there's all sorts of quibbles we could make about even the ones in the hymnal like the little lord jesus no crying he makes makes it sound like jesus never cried when like that there's something that's not quite on about that theology either so yeah but that that's that's a tough spot so one of my first years of ministry my ch- first church like advent four probably in this same year cycle because we have the magnificat on advent four this year um that was the the text i preached on the magnificat and had this whole thing about mary did you know and how mm-hmm. yes she did know i essentially kind of broke down the song and like was yeah. answering it and like yeah she did know this because she said this and like this and like this is why it's good news that well both mary knew and she agreed and like the good news of jesus and blah 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 we had special music later on in the service and I was told that we were going, the person was going to be singing Oh Holy Night. Unbeknownst to me, they had switched the song at the last minute before the service. So Uh to Mary, did you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because the musicians were like reading and like, what a great Sunday to be singing Mary, did you know? (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. It just kind of undoes exactly what you're trying to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah, everybody had kind of just heard my tirade against Mary, did you know, and then they sang it. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. It was fine, but a good lesson. Be in communication with your musicians. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, like maybe it's also what are the moments where it's helpful to have these conversations? And my guess is for us here, podcast a couple of days after Christmas, easy for us. Here's our case, right? The answer to Mary, did you know, is yes. Yes, she did. The song is basically harmless once you're past that. Yeah. But like, yeah, how do we pick our moments? And for somebody, if like they love that song, how do you make room for great? Because there's probably songs that I love that also have questionable theology or you could nitpick about how do we make room for my preferences and thoughts as well? But yeah, that's that's tough because as as worship leaders, we got to decide where are the things that this is something we can bend or, or be flexible on and here's our hard line, you know. Like my guess is we'd all collectively say we're not going to replace any of the um, Christmas carols on Christmas Eve with your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Um, there's nothing bad <laughs> about the song, but somehow that feels like, nope, that's a line that we're not going to jump you know, past. <laughs> but how do you decide where those lines are? That, that's trickier. That is trickier. I've never been asked to replace one of the beloved Christmas carols <laughs> with a secular Christmas song. 
Right, but I mean, like, so like clearly that's yeah. like, okay. Clearly that's on the other side of the line. There's this okay. I guess Mary, did you know is okay? Or you know, if someone wants to do the little drummer boy, or um, do you hear it? I hear like there's mm -hmm. those, there's that whole category of songs that are like Christmas story adjacent. So like you know, yeah, there is no biblical little drummer boy, and yet they've written fan fiction. The you know, little drummer boy is fan fiction about imagine a little boy who's there on Christmas and thinks what a mother who's just given birth needs is a drum solo. It's basically harmless, other than that seems like a weird thing to say that Mary needs. But no. okay, he's going to offer what he has. I play the drums, so here's what I'm playing for you. Basically harmless, but does that cross the line? Because it's not biblical, like, literally. Or is it okay because, and it, like, how do you decide those things? I mean, it's, it's, there is room for Midrash, which is yeah. essentially fan fiction, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things that I think it's okay as long as we're clear as to what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because again, Midrash is such a, it, it's it's part of our church history and tradition reaching mm -hmm. beyond even earlier than Jesus. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, especially Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, those two services feel like they should be a home run out of the park there doesn't need to be midrash right, right. Mm -hmm. like those are the two services especially if you have two services if you have a christmas yeah. day service as well as a christmas eve those are those are the two services where you don't need to have a special hook into the story right let right. the story be the story. The story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I think that's such a really helpful point. Like, is it okay to have midrash on biblical stories or themes or characters? Sure. What's the moment and what's the venue? So maybe to say like, it would be interesting to have um, a Bible study series in December or in January that takes a closer look at the characters or figures from the Bible story and to like, look at how people have imagined about these stories or these figures over time. And there you can sort of unpack. Yeah. Why could it be helpful to do this sort of thought experiment? That is what Midrash is. What would it be like to be this person or how do they encounter it? Or, you know, what would happen if, um, and the, the, the mode of a Bible study or an adult class or something like that feels different because you're there not to preach gospel, but let's, let's learn, let's study, let's reflect, let's think. And to let the preaching moment be, like you say, let the story be the story. The good news is Jesus has come. I don't need to find another hook. That, that I think, is such a helpful moment of clarity for us. And maybe that's what helps us navigate in our own lives beyond, you know, us as pastors. Like, there are some things I don't want creeping on the territory of Jesus turf and saying the meaning of Christmas is family when it's really Jesus. But in other parts of my life, it's fine if my kids are watching a Christmas movie in the background or they're, you know, they can be listening to the Christmas. Like I don't have to insist you only must listen to carols and you can only watch the nativity story with Oscar Isaac. Um, no, there's all sorts of other uh, stories and that's okay. We're just not pretending that those are the heart of the story. It's okay for those tangential things to be tangential. In a way, that says, that points to me back to what for me is like my quintessential, like the one really good example of one of these Christmas telling stories that gets it right. And like in my family, this was the tradition. It was a Charlie Brown Christmas. And we're mm -hmm. literally midway through the story, Linus the character breaks the fourth wall, addresses the audience and literally quotes reading from the Gospel of Luke. This is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown, and tells the story of the birth of Jesus. 
Uh, and sort of the whole point of that whole story is about like, there's a million other ways to get it wrong. Here's the story. And that makes such a, a difference. And so like, that's a story that is able to say other things are fine. We're not anti-tree, anti-decorations, whatever. This is what we're clear on. And he's able to say that. I think again, because I also have a fond place in my heart for the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because um, it's my go-to, like I like to watch it some at some point before or during my writing of my Christmas Eve sermon mm -hmm. because it's such a great reminder to me of let the story be the story like it's the same it's the same readings every year for you know for those of us who mm -hmm. preach from the lectionary like it's always Luke 2 and it's the same Old Testament and New Testament and Psalm like it's the same it doesn't change every year it's the same and so after doing it for nine years nine plus years like it's always like oh, I've said this sermon before like how do I come at this from a new fresh perspective and like it's Linus's speech that reminds me there is new no new way to say this mm -hmm. like you can focus on different parts of the story if you want but the main message is always going to be the same mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ was born into the world to save us and he didn't have to in a sense, then, to me, like, it feels like that allows there to be that link that you kind of hinted at before, that even if the Hallmark movie isn't trying to make the connection between human love and the capital L love that is God who fills all creation, the New Testament is willing to make that move and say things like, you know, the Christ who fills all things and is all in all that, like, all the universe really is animated by and filled with the presence of christ so that any place where there's genuine real love god's presence is there and anybody who loves is in somehow even if they don't realize it connected with god the, the the good news of this one particular child born in this one particular place really does have something cosmic and universal that connects to everybody everywhere and what it is to be human the movies maybe don't go far enough to say that the love that exists in a family or in romance or things is somehow connected with the love who is God and who comes among us. But that may be a part of why our message doesn't need to keep changing. This love is so universal. It fills all things and brings us back to the particularity of the kid who gets laid in the manger. So I guess all this conversation is to say, if you have been enjoying Christmas movies, Christmas songs, Christmas TV shows, none of us are going to be the voice to say, stop doing that because it isn't <laughs> the Bible. No, that's fine. How do we put up guardrails about what are the, how do I use those or consume them and what do I not let them become? Don't, don't stop where they stop with the meaning of Christmas as family or the meaning of Christmas as falling in love. Don't let that be the end of the conversation. Um, but just like we don't have a problem with watching a regular secular romantic comedy or some other movie and just knowing that's not the be all end all. Same thing about Christmas stuff. So, so Merry Christmas and I hope that you join <laughs> us for part two next week. <laughs> More conversation on new directions here on Christmas and pop culture here on Crazy Face Talk. Merry Christmas. See you later. Bye. Bye.